here in COVID. And uh, my daughter uh, is three and a half years old now. Uh, but a couple of years ago, uh, we would go out in the car and she would be in the back uh, in the back in her little chair and we'd be listening to music and suddenly she started to recognize and identify her favorite songs. And uh, the first one she uh, said she wanted to hear again was a song by Van Halen. And I was, I've never been prouder as a father. And uh, but the, the, another song she really liked uh, was by Nora Jones. Uh, it's called Come Away With Me. And it's a very gentle, very soft, soothing melody. And it's, a, it's the invitation we all want. Come away with me. Let's get out of here. And, uh, and it's a comforting song. And uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a way, Jesus is offering that invitation to us, but it's a, it's a slightly different invitation. Uh, because come away with me can be a little bit escapist. Let's get out of here. Let's go somewhere else and let's find rest. And, uh, and I think about my, I think about the kind of rest that I look for. Uh, most of the time, I'm naturally tempted to look for rest that I can feel in my body. So I want the ice cream. Uh, I want to go for the vacation. I want to watch a television show and, and, and binge watch late into the night. I want to do things that will make me feel better physically. Uh, but the rest that Jesus is offering here is a deep rest. It's the rest in your soul. It's the rest in your heart. So the question I want to ask is, <clears throat> how do you find deep rest for your souls, uh, not light rest for your bodies? Because often the rest we seek for our bodies actually makes us more restless. So how do you find deep rest for your souls, uh, not light rest for your bodies? And I want to point to three things. Uh, we, we, one of the three things we need to do is uh, we need to give up our strength. We need to give up our strength. Uh, the second is to take up his yoke. And the third is to rest in his work. So give up our strength, take up his yoke, and rest in his work. Uh, first, give up, give up your strength. This, this invitation, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened. So the invitation is to people who are weary and burdened. And this weary has this sense of fatigue. Someone who's been working so hard for so long and has so little strength left, they don't know how long they can keep on going, but they're still going. It's just fatigue, it's just exhausted from all of the work that has to be done, but you can't stop because there's still more work to be done. And this word burdened has the sense of a donkey that's carrying too much load, that's carrying too much weight. So it's not somebody who's necessarily doing a lot of things. It's a, someone who's carrying the weight of a lot of things that have happened, a lot of things that have been done. And it's, it's just got this sense of spiritual burden. It's carrying too much and really becoming even more weak. And you don't know how long you can stand up. I don't know how long you can stand up under the weight of all of this pressure. And to them, uh, the invitation is come to me, not come away with me, but come to me. Uh, so that even in chaos, even in uh, where things are out of control, in the midst of where we are, if you come to me, uh, I will give you rest. You don't need to escape. But this, these, these words, these this sense of weariness and the sense of burden, it's not just 
labor and things that have happened. It's 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 much deeper than that. This is, this is actually spiritual fatigue and spiritual burden. It's the burden that people feel from trying to be everything that God wants them to be. When they when they feel all of the stuff that needs to get done, and I don't have the strength to do it. And all of these things that God wants me to be in these circumstances, and I can't bear up under the pressure. And this is particularly to these Jewish people who are struggling under the weight of expectations that religious leaders have of them. So when Jesus is saying, come to me, it's kind of subversive. He's saying, come to me, turn away from them. Don't go to them, come to me. Because they will weigh you down with such expectations that you will not be able to stand up. But come to me and I will give you rest. Religiosity is toxic and, and it, it's, it's, it's a life killer. It just kills life. And Jesus knows this. So if you're not a religious person and you, you feel religion is toxic, you feel religion is, is all sorts of uh, burden on human beings, you should know Jesus saw that long before you did. You should know that he feels the same way. And his invitation is not uh, to, uh, to walk away from any idea of God. It's to go deeper into an understanding of who God really is. And for that, Jesus says, come to me. Come to me, let me show you what God is like. And the thing is, that's interesting about this passage is that the invitation is not to people who feel like they still have some strength left and they don't need rest. They don't need to go to anyone. They don't need any help. The invitation is not to people like that because those people don't want help. They don't want anyone, they, they don't want to rely on anyone else. They still think they can do it. They still think they can uh, carry the burden of trying to be everything God wants them to be. And, and for people who are like that, the, 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 the most difficult and yet comforting thing for them to know is that your best is not good enough. And that's actually good news. Even though, it's, even though it's difficult to accept, it is actually good news because your best is not good enough. And what Jesus is saying is that if you want rest, it's not something that you can achieve. If you want rest, it really is something that you receive. You don't get it by doing all the right things and all of the uh, important things that God wants you to do. You get it when God gives it and he wants to give it because of what he's done. So rest is not something we achieve. It's something we receive. And that's why there's an invitation to drop our shoulders and take a breath and recognize our weariness and our burden and go to Jesus and ask him to give us this rest that he's promised to give us. And I've been a pastor for about seven years now. And uh, there's one thing when I, when I hear somebody tell me, uh, someone who's been a Christian for a long time, maybe, and, and they come and tell me, uh, you know, I, I'm, 
I'm trying really, really hard. I'm doing the best that I can. I'm trying as hard as I can. I'm, I'm trying as I'm really trying hard. And I, I, I just, I just feel bad when I hear that because I know that they have not yet heard the weight of this invitation. They have not yet felt in their bones the beauty of this invitation to come to me. All who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I, I remember when when I was uh, a young Christian, maybe uh, eighteen or nineteen, uh, just uh, becoming, just just deciding I wanted to live for God and, and give my life to Him. And I had all of these ideas of what it would mean for me to follow Jesus. So I I I, I did all kinds of crazy things. I, I stopped listening to music that wasn't Christian. I stopped watching television. I stopped watching movies. I, I, I threw out all my magazines. I had this beautiful pair of shoes that I had bought when I on a trip to Dubai, came back, felt guilty that I had them, gave them to somebody else, and just entered into this season where every impulse I had, every feeling I had, I felt like God was telling me to do something, do something, do this, do that, do this. And after weeks and weeks, I just found myself exhausted. Found myself like just completely drained. Uh, and I picked up a, a Bible and I and I looked at Galatians chapter five. And in Galatians five, uh, the first verse it says, "It is for freedom that Christ has set you free." It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. And suddenly, I realized all of this vain effort that I'm making is simply to earn the favor of God. That's already been given to me. I already have the thing that I'm working for. And it kind of broke the spell. And I started to realize that I don't have to make all of these rules and try to live by them to make someone pleased with me when it is shown to me in Christ that he's already pleased with me. So maybe we, it's when we give up trying to do our best that we are really best positioned to receive best. When we give up trying to do our best, that's when we're best positioned to try to receive uh, God's best. So that's the first thing, give up your strength. If you want deep rest in your soul, not light rest in your bodies, give up your strength. But the second thing is to take up his yoke. And this is a strange word, right? yoke. Uh, it sounds like an egg, but it's not. Uh, take 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 my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. See, the interesting thing about what Jesus is saying is that he doesn't say I'll take off your yoke. So the yoke is this kind of uh, it, the yoke is designed to make uh, heavy things feel light. You know, so in, in villages in India you'll see women carry a yoke and uh, carrying large pails of water over long distances. And the yoke makes this heavy burden feel light. Uh, you might see uh, fathers or mothers in cities with, these, with this uh, child strapping thing. You put your child in it and it makes a heavy thing feel light. So there's all kinds of yokes. And so that's, that's the image. And the yoke is a symbol uh, of God's law. It's a symbol of God's law. And people are... Uh, being crushed under the weight of expectation and oppression from religious leaders 
And this yoke, which is designed to make a heavy thing feel light, is actually even more burdensome uh, than anyone can bear. But Jesus doesn't say, let me take off the yoke. He doesn't say, let me take off the yoke. He says, take my yoke upon you. So he's, he's not saying, he's not, that there is no life in which you don't have a yoke. The yoke is either heavy or it's light, but there's always a yoke. And in, 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 in its most simplest form, it means that we all have rules. We all have rules and we all live by rules. And you probably have rules too in your relationships. I mean, in Delhi, it's, you know, you'll often hear people say that there are no, the only rule is that there are no rules. But even then, there is a rule. There's always at least one rule. In every relationship, you, you might have, your rules might, you might think you're extremely free, but there's always the rule. Don't lie to me. Don't cheat on me. Don't, don't, don't take me for granted. Don't treat me like that. Every relationship has rules. Rules are inescapable. That's why Jesus doesn't say, let me take off the yoke. Because you can't have a life without rules. Everyone has rules. But his law, Jesus is saying, my yoke is better than their yoke. He's also saying, my yoke is better than your yoke. Even the laws that we live by can be burdensome. And the, the, the thing he says is, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me. Don't learn from those religious leaders. And don't even learn from yourself. Learn from me. So it's deeply subversive what Jesus is saying. And here's what I want you to know. What I want you to know is the picture you get in your mind when you hear the word God is the most important thing about you. The picture you get in your mind when you hear the word God is the most important thing about you. I don't know what it's like in Australia, but in India, when most people think of God, they'll either think of their father, who's very difficult to please, nothing is ever good enough, and they can't be satisfied. Or they think of the school principal, with whom they're always getting into trouble and always have to be called into the office and always have to be spanked. Or they're thinking about their boss, who's constantly telling them what to do, constantly adding labor to their burden, and constantly making life difficult. So our whole perception of what God is like is shaped by authority figures who constantly put burdens and make us weary. And Jesus' invitation is, learn from me, not from them. If you want to know what God is like, take a long, hard look at Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. So scriptures say, he's the image of the invisible God. If you want to see the invisible God, take a long, hard look at Jesus and learn from him. But it's also important that he's, he, he's also implying that you don't learn from yourself. 
And here's what he wants us to know. He wants us to know uh, the most important thing about Jesus is that uh, he is gentle and lowly in heart. It's really the most important thing you need to know about Jesus. He is gentle and lowly in heart. Now, lowly is not a reference to position. You know, lowly doesn't mean that he's, he's, he's the lowest in the universe. He's actually the highest in the universe. He actually has the highest position in the universe. He's the king of kings and the lord of lords. But lowly is a reference to his posture. It's how he relates to the lowest of the lowest. It's how accessible he is, even though, even despite how powerful he is. In, in most cultures, powerful people are inaccessible. You can't, you can't reach them. You can't get to them. You have to get through, a, you have to jump through hoops. You have to make calls. You have to find connections. You have to, you have to network your way to the top. But Jesus, even though he is in the highest position, he is lowly and easily accessible to anyone who wants him. And, th- and this, this, the second thing is that he, he, is, he is gentle. He's gentle. Now, neither, this is also subversive because neither religion is gentle nor are we gentle with ourselves. So religion is not gentle. Religion is, has this general idea that there's a God somewhere out there and if I do good things and good things will happen to me. And if I do bad things and bad things will happen to me and it's a burden. It's, it's just toxic. It's just a recipe for fear and shame and guilt and all kinds of complicated emotions that just make life miserable. And some Christians who live this way, I don't know why you would want to invite other people into your misery. Because it's a miserable life. So religion is just, it's just toxic. It's weary and burdensome. That's why Jesus is saying, don't go to them, come to me. But the truth about us as human beings is even if we're not religious, even if we don't have faith, even if it, we are not gentle, with ourselves. We're not gentle with ourselves. You have to ask yourself, what do you demand from yourself? Do you demand perfection? What do you demand from yourself? What do you do when you fail your own expectations? What do you do when you break your own rules? How do you, how do you, how do you talk to yourself? Are you kind to yourself? Are you gentle with yourself? Most people I meet in India, I don't know what it's like in Australia, but most people I meet in India, uh, we are the people, the person who says the worst things about us is us. I I don't think there's anyone in the world who said uh, things to me that are worse than the things that I've said to myself. I don't think there's anyone in the world who said things to me worse than the things that I've said to myself. Because we're, we're, it's not, we're not gentle with ourselves. And Jesus is, and I, I want you to take you back to this yoke because he's saying, learn from me for I'm gentle and lonely in heart. I want to take you back to that yoke because what Jesus is saying is that there is a yoke I'm going to give to you. And I, I want you to know that Jesus wants to say to you that I will demand more from you than any religion will demand from you 
or then, then even you demand from yourself. So the yoke he's going to invite us to is a yoke that is more demanding, not less demanding, it's more demanding than anything you can imagine. Because he is the king and he will demand everything from us. He will be Lord over every corner of our lives. So that's the yoke. I will demand everything from you. I will not demand, uh, my demands on you will be more than what anyone else demands from you, any religion, uh, even yourself. But, but I'm going to be more gentle with you and more accessible to you than anyone else in the whole world. I will be more gentle with you and more accessible to you than anyone else in the whole world. And then as a, as a result of this, he says, you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your inner being. You know, I, I remember many years ago, I uh, wanted to, uh, I was a young boy and I wanted to go to uh, Chennai, which is down in South India. I live in North India and uh, uh, I was born in Chennai and our family comes from there. So every summer vacation, we would take the train to uh, Chennai, which is about a two-night journey. So there were 36 hours, two nights in a train. And in those days, uh, you had to buy the ticket a few weeks or months in advance and... Uh, if you didn't get it in time, you'd be put on a wait list. So you'd have to wait to see if you were going to get the ticket, uh, if your ticket would get confirmed and whether you could travel. And I really wanted to go. And I was, every day I would ask my parents, uh, what, what's our number in the waiting list? Is, is our, uh, have our tickets been confirmed? Because I really want to go. I really want to go to China. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop talking about it. Uh, it's went on for a few weeks. And uh, my mother, my mother uh, passed away last year. She's a, she was probably one of the most gentle people I've ever met in my life. I don't think I've met anyone more gentle than her. And she once just kind of casually told me, uh, you know, sometimes you want something so badly that when you get it, you might realize it wasn't that great to begin with. Now you just build something up in your mind. And it's just not as good as you thought it would be. And, I, and she was getting at the heart of what goes on in our own hearts. She was actually, I don't know if she knew it or not, but she was actually describing Christian theology. See, the problem in our lives, the restlessness in our lives comes from desires that are all over the place. There's things that we want so much, they control us. And there's things that we fear so much that they control us. And something about what my mom said at that point, it just calmed my soul. From that point, I realized, okay, maybe I want this too much. And for the first time in my life, I realized how my own disordered desires can create restlessness in my life. And her gentle word to me just kind of, put things in perspective and I, st I, I stopped pestering her or nagging her after that. I just kind of realized, okay, let's wait and see. And of course, we, we got the tickets and we went to Chennai. So praise God. But uh, that's the important thing. Uh, when your desires are set right, 
uh, your heart is set right and you will have rest for your souls. It's like Augustine once said, you know, he said, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you, which simply means everything that we want is offered to God and we surrender the outcome to him. Everything we fear is offered to God to be calmed and we surrender the outcome to him. And when our hearts, desires and fears are laid before God, uh, he gives us rest for our souls. For the third and the last thing. So the second thing, if you want deep rest for your souls and not light rest for your bodies, give up your strength, take up his yoke. The third thing is to rest in his work. It's to rest in his work. He, he says in, uh, in, in verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So you, my yoke is easy and the burden is light. And I want to remind you that the yoke is designed uh, to make a heavy burden light. If you have a yoke, you can carry heavy things and it feels light. That's what it's designed for. And I wonder why, why is the yoke of easy? Uh, why is the uh, yoke of Jesus easy? Uh, and it's, 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 it's simply because of this. The, the, reason, the reason your rest can begin is because his work is finished. The reason your rest can begin is because his work is finished. So Jesus came to do the work of God. And the work of God was to redeem his people. He came to offer himself on a cross to rescue people who were once his enemies. And there's something very interesting that Jesus does on the cross. As he's offered uh, himself to the cross. This is the person who is in highest authority, who has put himself in the lowest position so that those who are in the lowest position can be lifted up to share his authority. That's the work that Jesus came to do. So here he is on the cross, uh, having worked hard for the Lord, for, for his father, the whole, his whole life. He's been tested in every way. He's had opposition from everyone. And he's on the cross. And at the end, of the, at the end, there's a in John, we are told, he cries out, it is finished. The work that he was entrusted by God to do is finished. But there's something very interesting about this cry. This cry, it is finished. It's a cry of victory. So it's the most ironic thing because he's on the cross which is a position of defeat. It means Rome has won and the crucified person has lost. And in that position of defeat, Jesus is crying out in victory. It is finished. And that, you know, just to put that in perspective, it's the kind of cry that you will see Roger Federer do after he's won Wimbledon. Have you ever seen uh, someone win Wimbledon and at the end of it, Roger Federer gets on his knees and he cries out? That's the cry that Jesus is crying out on the cross. It is finished because it means he has accomplished everything he needs to do to give you rest. It's because his work is finished that our rest can begin.
the way religion works is that if I do good things, then good things will happen to me. If I do bad things, bad things will happen to people. The way Jesus's work is carried out, all the bad things that we have done, for all the bad things that we have done, the bad thing happens to him. And for all the good things that he has done, the good thing happens to us. And through Christ, we have this incredible union with God. We are adopted sons and daughters of God. And we're given a family of brothers and sisters. And this kind of union is, a, is the community and the family in which we grow in the rest that he's given to us. But the gospel turns religion completely on its head because of the in spite of the bad things we have done, the bad thing happens to him. And because of the good things that he has done, the really good thing happens to us. We are, through Christ, reconciled to God. And we are his sons and daughters. I, I remember when I was, uh, let me close with this. Uh, I remember uh, I had gotten admission to study uh, in Bible College in Singapore. So... In 2004, I packed my bags and went to Singapore and I had on my passport, there was this stamp that said uh, to arrive in Singapore by the 13th of July. And uh, I went in on the 11th. And for some reason, you know, because uh, I'm an Indian and Indians typically think something is going to go wrong. I don't know, we had just for this filter that something is going to go wrong. Uh, and uh, so I went to Singapore and for some reason I thought it meant that I only had until the 13th of July to stay in the country. So I got in on the 11th, discovered from the college that a paper that I uh, thought I had sent to the school hadn't reached them, so they didn't have the paper uh, and they couldn't complete and process my uh, visa application because I had, I had to get in the country, finish up some formalities, and then they'll extend my stay for, for a year. Uh, but until that's done, uh, I'm, 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 I'm in limbo. So I thought I have two days left to get all this work done. And uh, so I'm panicking. I'm, I'm panicking, I'm, I'm anxious, I'm restless, I'm all over the place, trying to figure out, so calls are being made, uh, frantic uh, things are being done in Delhi, and finally they, we got the paper, finally we got the paper, uh, sent it to the college, and event, and then I suddenly, suddenly I realized when I looked at the passport, that it only meant that I needed to come into the country by the 13th of July, but once I got in, I could stay for two weeks. I could stay for, I had two weeks time. And the moment I found that out, uh, I was addressed because I was validated. I had a right to be there. I had legal protections that could not, that meant that I could not be thrown out. And I want us to know, the reason I'm telling you that is because the work of Jesus being finished means that he has brought you into the family of God and you are validated. You are approved. You have legal protection in the law of God. You have a covenant faithfulness from him that he will not cast you out. And you are sealed through his spirit. You belong to him. And when you know that that's the outcome of his work, that's the result of his work, that we are sons and daughters of God, validated, approved because of what Christ has done and because of his work.
then we can begin to have rest. And my prayer is that uh, this, this, this beautiful story of the gospel will just grow richer and richer in your heart and that you'll become uh, gentle with yourselves, you'll become gentle with others. And just as Jesus is uh, gentle and easily accessible to you, you too will be gentle and accessible to everyone around you. Let me pray for us. Father, we, we thank you, Lord, for the revelation of your nature in the person of Christ. We thank you, Lord, that when we look to Jesus, we are seeing exactly what you are like. And I pray, Lord, that your spirit would draw us to see Jesus, and to see him clearly, Lord, and to have all of the lies and false images and deceptions about what God is like be completely dismantled by seeing Jesus for who he is. And I pray, Lord, for all who are weary and burdened, Lord. Pray for everyone who is fatigued and everyone who is burdened, Lord, to, to find rest in this invitation to come to you. Pray for all of us, Lord, that we would just uh, turn our uh, strength away, that we would joyfully receive what you're giving to us, that we would deeply, deeply find rest in your finished work. There's nobody like you, Lord. There's no one in the world who's going to be more gentle with us and more accessible to us. And I pray, Lord, that we will take hold of this promise that we will enjoy it and as it as it as it, as it changes us lord uh, we will become uh, the, the embodiment of your gentleness and lowliness to others i pray for king's cross church and i pray lord that you will uh, make this a community that's marked by gentleness and lowliness i pray that you will make it a community that is marked by deep rest in your work I ask in Jesus' name.